Blog Talk Radio. Of John showed him 
of all these things. And John calling unto him two of his disciples, sent them to Jesus, saying, Are thou who are thou he that should come, or we look for another? And when the men were come unto him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us unto thee, saying, Are thou he that should come, or look we for another? And in that same hour he cursed many of of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits, and unto many that were blind he gave sight. Then Jesus answering and saying unto them, Go your way and tell John what thing ye had seen and heard, how the blind seeth, the lame walketh, the leopard are clean, the deaf hears, and the dead are raised to the poor, the gospel is preached, and blessed is he who shall not be offended in me. Amen. I want to talk to you this afternoon about from a subject. What are you telling? What are you telling? Oftentimes, as we go from day to day, we have all kinds of conversations. We have conversation with this one, that one, and that one, and, and we begin to talk to them. But a lot of times, as we go from day to day, we won't talk about Jesus, but most of the time, we'll begin to talk about the world and the world's problems, not understanding that the world going to always have some problems. They're going to always have some disagreements. Sometimes, all depending on what's going on in our lives as we go from day to day, uh, what we we would tell now what we would talk about. Sometimes uh, you'll find folk that they'll talk about their going out, amen, and they're returning in. You'll talk about uh, how they met with their friends and their buddies and things of that nature. Uh, most of the time, that's the way they would talk. They'll begin to tell you who went out with this one and who's running that one's old lady and things of that nature. But we're not interested in that kind of talk. Amen. Really not interested in telling those types of stories. Amen. But the types of stories we want to be interested in telling, amen, that will help somebody, we want to be telling them about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and about the things that he does from day to day. I don't know how you might feel this afternoon, but I have to tell you, if we trust and believe in God, he'll do some great marvelous things in the lives that he let us live. Uh, I'm I'm a living witness of that, amen, that he'll do some great and marvelous things in the life that he let us live. He'll change us from a drug addict, amen, uh, unto one that will come and come under the saving grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Right. He'll change us from being an alcoholic and things of that nature. See, we got to tell somebody about it, that, but the great things that he can do. And when he changes, he don't have to wait, amen, but he can do it with a, within a split second, amen. We have to be able to tell somebody how a man should be able to live and, and, and love his wife and, and love his children. We have to be able to tell them about young men and women, about how to love their parents, amen, and what the Bible might say about uh, loving your parents. You said love your parents, your mother and your father, that your days will be longer upon the earth, amen, praise God. But then he also says to the parents, he said, look, don't cause your children to wrath. 
amen, uh, by getting on their nerves, by telling them things that are unnecessary and, and things of that nature. But I stopped by this afternoon, amen, according to the Word of God here in, in Dr. Luke's writing in chapter 7, amen, he, he begins to talk about some great things that we can tell when we go. Uh, somebody might be on here uh, as John talked to his disciples and had them to go in and ask a question, uh, you the one that shall come or shall we look for another? Anybody that's looking for Jesus this afternoon, I, I, I tell you, you can find him right now because Jesus is not lost. But uh, people that, that don't know Jesus, they are the ones that's lost. And they run out, they look for him. But all we have to do is call upon his name and he'll show up for us. Amen. I mean, we have to be able to tell somebody Jesus types of things. But they went on and they went back to John and they began to tell John some things uh, that, that, that that Jesus had done. Amen. They began to go back and tell John the Bible says in verse 21 in that same hour uh, he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits. See, uh, even today uh, many, amen, suffer Amen, with infirmities and plagues and evil spirits. But uh, a lot of times in the churches today, we don't practice the work that Jesus uh, always practiced when it came to sickness and diseases and, and evil spirits and things of that nature. But he did say that he gave us power to call those things to be not as though they should be. Amen. In other words, we got to practice, amen, what's written here in the land book of life, amen. But it goes on, and the Bible says that, and unto many that were blind, he gave sight. I mean, if he can cause a blind man to see, you know he can work out some things for us. Whatever you're going through this afternoon, I, I just tell him all about it, and, and I believe he'll work it out. If he open up blind eyes, then he can definitely uh, uh, take care of our situations, whatever it might be. But he says we got to believe and trust him. Amen. And then he opened and gave sight to the blind. But it didn't stop right there because over in verse 22 it says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Go your way and tell John. Oh, I just asked the question, what are you telling today? What are you telling? What are you telling your friends? What are you telling your buddies? What are you say, even telling your children uh, today? A lot of children don't even want to come out to the house of the Lord. And sometimes it can be uh, because of what parents tell their children, amen, about the house of God, about the uh, Christians, how they get in and they worship, amen. Uh, sometimes, amen, and sometimes they have what they call a youth day, and, and, and some youth don't want to get up and they don't want to speak for Jesus and things of that nature. But we've got to tell our kids that everything going to be all right. Whatever we do anything for Jesus, everything going to always be all right because he's going to make it all right. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. But they, he told them, go their way and, 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 and tell them uh, how the blind see it and how the lame walk. Amen. In other words, he, he, he gave use to the legs of the lame. He called them up. Uh, amen. From off of their bedsides and off of their chairs, sitting down. Amen. And and, and, he, and, he, and he touched their permanent bodies, and, and they began to walk. 
Amen. If he can cause a man to walk on water, you know he can cause one to walk on land. I mean, what are we telling as we go about from day to day? Amen. We got to go from day to day because, see, we his workmen in there, being his workmen, amen. Uh, we got to go and do likewise what he had done. Amen. Praise God. You know, he, he said that uh, we can do even greater works today uh, than, than what he done because he said in his word, that he'll go to the Father on our behalf. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. I mean, you know, when we go out and we begin to talk about Jesus, he's there to lift us up, not to press us down. Amen. But to lift us up, the Holy Spirit will work on the inside of us and cause us to go out and tell somebody about Jesus. A lot of times we don't uh, get to tell folk about Jesus because a lot of times uh, we pray that we'll get our feelings hurt when we talk about Jesus. But I stopped to tell you this afternoon, if you pray, amen, and ask Jesus, ask God to help you throughout the day or put somebody in your pathway that you can witness to, that you can talk to and tell them about Jesus, amen. I, I tell you, you don't have to worry about getting your feelings hurt, and he will do so. God will do just that. He'll put somebody in your in your pathway, and they won't curse you out. They won't move away from you, but they'll stop, and they'll want to hear just what you have to say. Amen. You see, it's something about the Holy Spirit when he moves upon the earth and when he moves upon us as he lives on the inside of us. But he went on to tell him how the blind see in the lame walk and the lepers are cleansed. Amen. See, folk are going through some things this day and time. Amen. AIDS and all that kind of stuff. But God, amen, through his son Jesus Christ, amen, has power to cleanse those types of things. Amen. Those diseases and things of that nature. I mean, Jesus can cleanse it. He cleanses the lepers. He can cleanse anything else. Amen, that we might be going through. Uh, anybody tried Jesus lately? I mean, you know, have you told anybody to try him lately? Amen. Uh, because that's one of the things we'll be able to do as we go from day to day, work on our jobs, getting around our friends, go to school from time to time. In college, we have to tell somebody that, that about Jesus and the great things that he can do, how he can cleanse us, amen, from all unrighteousness, how he forgives us for our daily sins, amen, uh, we have to be able to tell somebody about it. But he goes on to say that he cleansed the lepers and, 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 and that the death, they even can, can hear, amen. He said that the death can hear. He can open up, stop up ears and cause the death to hear, amen. I, I tell you, you know, uh, we have to be able to go back and tell folks about this Jesus that we said, if he opened that ears, then he can do anything and everything that we might need him to do for us. Amen. All we got to do is call on him. All we got to do is tell him about our struggles from day to day. And then we go and tell somebody else what the Lord has done and what he has done in our lives. Amen. As we go about to witness. Amen. I tell you, if we go about and tell somebody about this man, Jesus, I tell you, uh, it'll change other people's lives. It'll cause people to love better. Amen. And that's what the world is like. And we got to go about and tell people that Jesus, amen, he loves not them, but he loves all. Amen. You, you see, because love covers a mother to the sin. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He even goes about and he tells how the dead are raised. Amen. Uh, those that had died and how he had called uh, back to life. I remember that Jared's daughter had died, amen, and Jared asked Jesus to 
come over, amen, with him, amen, to the house and pray for it. He said, no, go home, amen. And Jesus began to pray, and when he got home, he found that his daughter, amen, was raised, and everything was all right, amen. Uh, if you go back in the Old Testament, you'll find that one died, a crowd, and how Jesus, amen, raised uh, back to life. Hallelujah. It didn't goes on to tell us that the poor, the gospel is preached to the poor. But it's preached to the poor, but it's also for the rich as well. It's not just for a lot of that in, 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 in a few people, but it's for everybody. Amen. The gospel is, amen, praise God. And, and he preached unto the poor. And he said, blessed is he whosoever shall be not offended in me. See, some people get offended about Jesus, amen, because they don't want nothing to straighten out their lives. They don't want nobody to tell them about their lives. They don't want to see, amen, the right way, but they want to stay continuously on the wrong way, you see, because on the wrong road is filled with sin, amen, and on the wrong road, all we want, they want to do is to continue that old sinful past, but we that have been changed, amen, by Jesus Christ, uh, uh, we don't want that broad road anymore. We want that road that are straight, amen. And we can tell folks that when you walk on the straight road, Jesus walks with you and he talks with you, amen. But I just stopped to ask you today, what are you telling as you go about? We have to be able to go about and tell folks today, amen, that Jesus saves from the othermost to the guttermost. We have to be able to tell folks that it, no matter what you have done, but Jesus saved, amen. We have to be able to tell them that, that Jesus Christ, he died, amen. The Bible says that one day, amen, that he went into Pilate's court and Pilate began to question him and get him out amongst the people after uh, putting a crown wreath on his head and putting a, a, a purple robe around his shoulders, amen, and began to mock him, amen. The, the Bible says that they went on from there and get him out to a whipping post and as it Set him up to the whipping post and said, It's ready to crush with 39 lashes. Amen. I mean, that's for you and I. Amen. We have to be able to tell somebody that Jesus died a brutal death, that we might have the right to the tree of life. Amen. And have it not just to have it, but have it more abundantly. Have you told anybody uh, lately about the way uh, that Jesus, uh, uh, how he saved you? Amen. Uh, we have to be able to tell them about our conversion with Christ. Amen. But I stopped to tell you that as they whipped him, amen, and, and, and the blood running from his body and blood running from the top of his head down to his cheek, they said that they whipped him unto any type of recognition. In other words, you couldn't even tell who he was, amen. But the Bible goes on to tell us that even after whipping him, they led him out, amen, to a wooden cross and they placed it upon his shoulder and, and he took that old cross and high marked up on the hills of Cary. The Bible also tells us about how he laid his body down on the cross. And, and one had the disaster to tell him uh, about how he could take his life, but he told him, no man can take my life except my father uh, allowed them to do so. And then, but they went there and they began to nail him uh, to that cross. They spiked him in his hands and down around his feet. And they, and they raised him up on that old rugged cross. Amen. Two thieves hung uh, amongst him, and he hung in the middle. Amen. And, and one even told him, he said, uh, if you're who you say is, come down and, and, and save us off this cross. 
but Jesus, he's home right there. But the other one said that when you get to your kingdom, master, uh, remember me. And the Bible goes on to say that Jesus told him that today thou shall be with me in paradise. But it didn't stop right there, but it went on a little bit further. The Bible says he hung up there on that old cross from the sixth to the ninth hour. I mean, this is the good news, church. And then he hung there from the sixth to the ninth hour. The Bible said they took him down and, and they, they didn't have a tomb like we have today. Some folks have already uh, got their caskets and things all and made their funeral arrangements already. But Jesus, amen, they didn't even have a place to land. When he came in the world, they had nowhere to land. When they went out of the world, they had nowhere to land. But they laid him in a void tomb. In other words, they bought it from somebody else. Hallelujah. But the Bible says that as they laid him in that void tomb, that somewhere between Friday night and Saturday night, that he went down in the pits of Haiti and he defeated Satan down there. Oh, Lord, that he took even the thing of death. Amen, from Satan down there. Amen. But the Bible goes on to tell us that early on the Thursday morning that Jesus rose up from that old grave. Amen. And when he rose up, he had all power in his hands. Amen. Power to save you and I. Amen. Uh, it was the blood that as they first the inside, the blood that run down, that blood cover a mother to the sin. I mean, we have to be able to go out and tell our friends and our buddies. Uh, Back to the question, what are you telling today? And I pray that after this day that you'll go out and you'll begin to tell folk about the great things that Jesus had done according to his word and according to what he had done for you as well. Amen. Hallelujah. I just stopped by to tell you, uh, Luke, uh, from the book of Luke, Luke said that, Luke said that he had thought, uh, he was the sick that uh, he had given sight to the blind that he had caused the the One man, one woman, one boy, a girl. 
that are listening to this 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 word this afternoon uh, that would would that just be one that will say I want to be saved this afternoon? See, he says this way uh, in verse ten: With the heart man believes into righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses. Amen. Confession is made unto salvation. Amen. And, and see, uh, it's a mouth and a heart thing. Your belief and your confession. Amen. Confessing your sins to Christ. Confessing that you believe that Christ died and rose again. Amen. But my thing is, I just want to say to you, as you go from this day on, amen, tell somebody about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're going to turn the service back over into the hands of Apostle. Amen. And let her come back on and, and carry us the rest of the way. God bless you. May heaven continue to smile. Okay? Nobody told you today that they love you. I love each and every one that's on this line. God bless. God bless you and God bless you. Thank you so much for uh, Pastor Jones. What is your phone number and uh, again so that they could call you and listen to your church program? Our church program starts on Sundays at 9 o'clock. Uh, we are out of Christ Miracle Baptist Church. Uh, the call-in number is 712-432-3900. The code is 499-007. Amen. We are on from 9 till 10 on Sunday mornings. Amen. And uh, we would love to hear from you. Amen. Now, if you just want to call me and talk to me concerning your salvation or what you're telling, uh, you can reach me at 804 804- Four three six thirty eight sixty five, and if this uh, message has been such a blessing unto you, and you want to send out some gifts, Amen. You can send them to uh, dollar sign John Jones, dollar sign John Jones one seventy, Amen, Amen. And watch God bless you, even as you may send your gifts, Amen. Amen. God bless you Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Amen. Pastor Jones. We appreciate you. You come on a second uh, Monday of every month. Uh, we thank no, you for that. We appreciate it. I'm sorry. Second Tuesday. Tuesday in the month. Again, that's the second Tuesday in the month. Well, we were thrown off last week because our, um, the mother to the ministry had uh, passed. So Pastor yes. Jones was gracious to come on tonight. God bless you, sir. You can hang up, and we thank you so much. God bless you, Apostle. We love you. Yes, we love and you. And we're praying much for this station. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. God bless you again. You're listening to the Fivefold Ministry Broadcast. We're going to get Apostle Alexander Lockamy now. Again, we're going to get Apostle Alexander Lockamy. We ask that you stay tuned as we bring the man of God on the radio. Bye-bye. God bless you, and God bless you. As I promised, we have the man of God on the phone, Apostle Alexander Lockamy. But first, we're going to listen to Reverend Paul Jones, and I won't complain. Amen. I'm 
know what? All of my good days. Something worse than that is. Then you thought that little thing you were going through was something 
But when the devil got through with you putting something else there because you open up a door, by wherever you open up a door and call Satan to bring something worse, then that situation. And that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to live in anxiety. He wants you to live in fear. I look at the word anxiety. It is a distressed emotion aroused by impending dangers, evil, pain, etc. Whether the threat is real or imagined, the feeling or condition of being afraid, concern or anxiety, solitude, a fear for one's safety, worrying about something that may not even happen. Worrying about something. Isn't that something? Worrying about something that may not even happen. Worrying about losing your job and, and, and ever since you've been on the job, you've been worrying about losing it because Satan don't put that fear of anxiety on you. You go to work, working harder than anybody else. Worrying about you're going to lose your job and you ain't lost it yet and you ain't realized yet you ain't going to lose it. Because God gave you the job, you ain't going to lose it no way. Amen? But the Satan had have you worried about nothing. Worried about your wife walking out, your husband walking out. Worried about your marriage going to come to the void court because all the other marriages. You can't turn around and marry your marriage with somebody. If you're doing the best, you know how. I'm going to tell you God will help you stay together. But whoever God joined together, he said, let no man put that asunder. So we turn around and worry. I looked it up, and it said that. Uh, that 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 fear we're talking about fear. Well, anxiety is a feeling of worry, nervousness, or uneasy, typically about an, an unimpeded event or something with an uncertain outcome. Because we can't see and know what tomorrow is, or we can't see and know how God is working things out, we get uneasy, we get anxiety, we get fears, we start worrying. Do what the Lord said. He said, look at the eagle. Look at the bird of the air. He had no refrigerator. He had no deep freezer. But look at him in the wintertime out there and see. He looked like he's hungry. He's jumping around out there at the, the basketball. He ain't worried about nothing. He's sitting around worrying about the Walmart open, his IG open, his, his clothes open. He, he's just as full as he can be. Ain't got no barn to put his food up in. He ain't got no deep freezer to put his little worms and bugs in. But the God said, God, see that bird. And the Bible said that don't you know that God loves you more than he loves a bird? Amen. He loves you more than he loves a bird. And he will wear it about what you're going to wear and what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink. It is said that 84%, listen to this, 84% of people hold on to imaginal fears. Things that ain't going to happen. Holding on to something and it don't even come to pass. It got your blood pressure up, got you in anxiety, got you in fear, and it don't even happen. Then it said, listen, 68% of people admit that they have not done something because they fear that it wouldn't be, it would be harder than it actually was. God gives us dreams. He gives us visions. It said God gives us power to get wealth. Many of us is in poverty and in lack because we fear that what we came our mind to do our heart to do. We feel it won't work, so we didn't do it. Well, I serve notice. Anything you don't do won't work no way. So you bring that come to pass your own self. Anything that you don't do won't work. Anything you don't put your hand to do, it won't work. Anything that you quit on, it won't work. Anything that you stop doing, it won't work. And you go and you blame the devil when you didn't do nothing. Two men were sitting on the porch, two farmers were talking about 
what a big crop they were going to have that year. And they sat there, and it was like all of the year, and they both sat there drinking their coffee. One got up off the porch, one got his tractor, went to the seed mill, farm mill, got his seeds, put them in the ground, sold them several, several fields, he sold cotton, beans, soybeans, or tobacco, whatever he might, you know, do that summer. And the urn sat on the point. And at the end of the summer, they talked again. But the thing is, one didn't have nothing. He had no more than a talk. He didn't get up. He sat there drinking coffee every day. He didn't collect no tobacco. He didn't collect no soybeans. But he said they were talking about what they're going to have. But at the end of the summer, he didn't have nothing but a lot of words. You've got to do more than talk. you got to have an action behind what you do. If that farmer hadn't got up and went and planted no corn and tobacco and seed and all that, he wouldn't have had no harvest either. But he got up, work without faith to dead. You got to have a harvest. You got to give God something to work with. God said He'll bless the stuff in your hand. How He gonna bless the stuff in your hand? Your hand don't do nothing. But Satan will make you fear. Fear to go to college to get a degree to do it. To maybe to open up a salon or a barber shop or or a mechanical shop or, or or a small engine shop or so many things God gives us uh, uh, the ability to do, and He put it in our spirit. And we are fear that I ain't going to get no loan. You ain't even going to ask for no loan. You ain't going to get no loan. You don't ask for one. Just because you got turned out in one place, somebody give you a loan. But because you got turned down, well, every time I go out the loan, they turn me down. Well, you already going to feed your own self by, by the words of your mouth. Because if God got something for you to do, he's going to back you up. What if Tyler Perry, oh, my God, what if Tyler Perry had that fear and anxiety? Yes, anxiety came. Yes, fear came. All them shows he had the one after another, nobody showing up. Three of them bought money, and he done bought money in order to, to, to you know, to speak to the, the show, to get the show started, but to pay his, his employees. And now he looks out there in the audience, and ain't nobody out there. And that went on for weeks, months, a year, until at the point he was about to give up, but he didn't give in the fear. He didn't get in the anxiety. He kept borrowing money. He kept on trying. Then all of a sudden, hallelujah, a breakthrough came. And that show, that show that night was a sold-out crowd. And from that day to this day, he became successful because he did not give in the fear. He did not give in the anxiety. You can't get into quit. That's what anxiety and fear is, is quit. You can't get into quit. you got to keep trying. You can't give up. I don't care. Just because you broke today don't mean you got to be broke tomorrow. Just because you broke this week don't mean you got to be broke next week. Just because you broke this year don't mean you got to be broke next year. You can have a bank account. You can you can gain an income. You can make a difference, but you got to make some changes. You could got to figure, well, I ain't going to need to be saving no money because something's going to come get it. Well, you keep talking that way, and that's right where you're going to end up. But you got to live above fear. you got to know that God is on your side. you got to know that God wants the best for you. You've got to know that if God be for you, who did can be against you. I want to have a few scriptures I want to share with you. One of them was already talking about the bird of the air, the lid of the valley, and all that good stuff. And, and, and uh, that was Luke 12 and 22. How he talked about how that, don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink, what you're going to put on your body. But God already knows you, he knows you need these things. He already knows you that you need clothes and the shell of your head and food to eat. But at the bottom of the verse, the seek ye first, the kingdom of God. Don't seek fear. Don't seek anxiety. Got four jobs and you're still broke. 
Hello? I'm not telling you to quit the job, but I'm telling you you need to ask yourself a question. You've got four jobs in your field, though. Something wrong somewhere in that picture. Because you've not been wise. You're not, you're not letting God do it. Yeah, put God first. Let God give you wisdom and knowledge. God can take one job and, and bless you more than a person that got four jobs. God always makes a way. God always made a way for me. When one door closed, God would open up another. But I was trying to listen to the voice of God. I fasted and I prayed. And I wanted to listen to the voice of the Lord. I didn't listen to what those people said. There's many jobs I did I didn't even want to go. I worked on many jobs I did not even want to work. I didn't fear. I didn't lay there in the house fearing that of the light could get cut off. No, the light never got cut off. My children never wear it. Not one day was they going to get anything to eat in the morning. That's on the table. Many days I left home with no food on the table. Didn't even know where I was going to get the food, but I left in faith, not in fear. I left believing that God, if he fed the birds of the air, if he closed the little of the valley, if he made a way for the animals, he's going to make a way for me. And every day I came back with a bag of groceries in my hand. Not Never did my children have a pamphlet that they did not wear. Yes, they was on their last pamphlet. You got two or three babies on pamphlet, and you on your last pamphlet, and then all the stores are closed, it looks mighty shady. But when the morning came, God did pamper for them babies. He had food for them babies to eat. And none of them babies, my babies, laid around there crying and weeping because they had nothing to eat. I want you to know God here as a provider. We need to quit cutting God short, making God look like he's on welfare, making God look like he's ran out of food stamps. I want you to know he's a provider. He will make a way if you do, do right. But you need to ask yourself, are you doing right? He said he withhold no good things to them that walk up right before you. I ask you. Are you walking up right before God or are you trying to fool somebody? Because if you're walking up right before God and God's not providing for you, then God's not keeping his word. And the Bible says, let every man be a liar and let God be the truth. Don't go telling me you're doing right. Don't tell me you're walking up right before you and God ain't meeting your needs. I know that God cursed through trials. I know that God cursed through testing. But out of all the tests that I've been to, been serving over 40 some years, out of all the trials and tests I've been to, God ain't never put me through no test where he didn't meet my needs. He ain't never put me through no test that he didn't put food on my table. He ain't never put me through no test that he didn't heal my body. He, he didn't never put me through a test that he didn't meet the needs that I could take care of my children. My children never lacked nothing. Maybe they didn't wear the, the name brand, but they had clothes on, and, and nobody didn't know what name they were. One thing about it, they wouldn't walk around naked. And I took, my mom always told me, uh, 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 take what you got and wash that and clean that up. It may not be brand new, but it'll look new. You, you, you watch what you got. You may clean what you got, and God will give you more. And God always blessed me. That I always, my children always had the nicest thing they were. And the, word, the, word, the word of school, the word of college, I mean, not college, the word of church. And, and, but God provided. Somebody said, I don't take no hand down. But you, when, when you work trusting God, you got to take whatever God hand you. You know what I'm saying? You can always... You, you cannot always walk up to the store and buy something. Uh, always, sometimes you got to you got to go through that trial and that test. And sometimes God will use people to be a blessing to you. And you got to learn to be generous, get that pride out of the way, so God can bless you. So I come out to tell you, you don't have to walk in anxiety, walking in fear. Why? I want you to know that you won't have to live in that in that dead situation where where you're so unhappy in the home and the husband beating you and and mistreating you and. And and, 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 and and hurting you and wounding you. You feel the leave because you feel the leave because he said he's gonna do this and do that to you. But first of all, if he is gonna leave, quit telling you gonna leave. Don't you tell him you're gonna leave no more. Be quiet. Hello? 
get some wisdom. That's why he hit you. That's why he hurt you. You keep telling him he's going to leave. Don't tell him you're going to leave no more. Let him find it out when he get home from work the next, that afternoon. Quit telling the man you're going to leave. Because upset a man when you tell him you're going to leave. But you put your trust in the Lord. Stay right there. Don't say no more like you're going to leave. Act like you're going to be there another hundred years. And if you be gone when he get back, that's another story. We're going to leave that alone. But I'm trying to encourage you. Get some wisdom. Get some knowledge. Get some understanding. Let God fix it. Psalm 27 and 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? David is speaking so boldly. And the same God that is for David, for, for song, for David is for you. The Lord is your light. He's your salvation. Salvation is not something that comes and saves you so you can say you're a Christian. Salvation, this salvation comes with provision. Uh, it comes with provision. The Bible said we got riches in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The salvation that came in Christ Jesus, it came with provision. Now, what, like, look what it looks like, the salvation army coming to your house, and you got burned out, and you don't lost everything you got. And they're sitting out there in the yard with a Bible, quote the scripture, singing a Christian song. They get in their car and leave and go back. And you standing there, no milk for the baby, no pamphlet. They didn't give you no money to go stay in the motel. They come a hallelujah, praise the Lord. The Bible says you say, be you well, be you fed, and be you clothed, and don't give other provisions. What have you done? What would that would, would salvation look like telling you that be fed and be hungry and be clothed and then get in their car and go back to their house? You just worked off now before they came. Honey, salvation brings something in the hand. My daddy used to always say, and if the hand ain't a bit of good, I mean, you know, he, he said a bit of good. You know that English, how they bring it up. He said, and if the hand ain't a bit of good. When you go to somebody's house that is in need, you need to have something in your hand. But I want you to know when folks don't got nothing in their hand, God got something in his hand. You, you got to know that he is your life, and he is your salvation, and you ain't got to fear him. He's a strength of your life. You ain't got to be afraid. Psalms 35 and 22, got to go, and running out. Cast your care on the Lord. He will sustain you. He will not suffer the righteous to be moved. Remember what he said. He said he would not suffer the righteous to be moved. You got to be righteous. You can't be in the church today, out the church tomorrow, up the day, down tomorrow, Sunday at the the church, and, and Saturday at the club. You got to be righteous. You got to live right, talk right, act right, be right. And right means having the right standing with God, because according to the word of God, you're doing God's commandment, his order to say stature. You're living according to God's word by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, you can't do it without God's help now. You can't live right without righteousness. I don't know why people are trying to live right without God. You can't, I'm just as righteous as you is. You can't live right without God. I can't live right without God. It's impossible to live right without God. He's our righteousness. That's what the scripture says. He is our righteousness in Christ Jesus. Do you not know that's why Jesus came? Jesus knows that you can't obey his commandment. He knows you could not obey his status without him. That's why he said he's going to come back and dwell in us. He said, I'm going to dwell in you. No more you have to ask anybody where the Lord is. He said, I'm going to put my word in your mind and write it in your heart. He said, I'm going to dwell inside. He said, after the Holy Ghost comes, you shall have power. God knows we need power to do right. It takes power not to commit adultery. It takes power to not oh, somebody get quiet of it. It takes power not to commit fornication. It takes power not to indulge in these sexual uh, uh, habits 
has the habitation that is going on in the world today. That's all the world is about. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And it takes power to live a sanctified life. Deuteronomy 31 and 6, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God go with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Ain't that sound good? That's enough to live above fear. See, when you live in, in above fear and anxiety, you can trust God. He said, be strong in him. Be courageous. Walk around boldly. Tell people you're saved. Tell people the Lord is on your side. But go, God is with you. Can I share that with you? God is with you, Christian. God is with you, you born-again believer. God is on your side. Just like your mom and dad is on your side. God is on your side. Isaiah 41, 31 through 14 says, For I am the Lord your God, who take hold on your right hand and say to you, Do not fear. I will help you. Do not be afraid. For I myself will help you, declare the Lord, you Redeemer of the Holy One of Israel. We have been redeemed. We are holy. God bought us with a pride. We've been bought with a pride. We've been born again. And God promised, he said, I will help you. How many know that God will help you? He wants to help you. He wants you to pity. Now, it's okay for others to help you every now and then, but you don't need to start depending on them. So that's the biggest mistake when you start putting on somebody else's money. Start putting on somebody else to buy you groceries all the time, to buy your clothes, to take care of your kids. You make one of the biggest mistakes because they're going to soon let you down. Put your trust in the Lord and leave it there. Let your dependability be in God. Psalm 461, God is our refuge and strength, and everlasting a present help in trouble. You see what I say? God is our refuge and strength. He will always be your strength. You know what? It makes God feel good when you trust him. It makes God feel good when you rely on him. It makes God feel good when you depend on him. Oh, it makes God feel good when you just make him your Lord and Lord and King of Kings. Psalm 118, the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. Wow. Listen to that. He's with me. Somebody say he's with me. The Lord is with you. I don't care what nobody says. The Lord is with you. And quit saying because you made a mistake, the Lord ain't with you. If that's the case, he ain't with none of us. We all make mistakes. We all sin and come short of the glory of God. God is with you. Not because you feel it. Listen. That's the mistake you're making because you don't feel he with it. You think he ain't with you. The promise God made ain't got nothing to do with the feelings. He said, Lord, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. He is with you. Proverbs 29 and 25, fear of man will prove to be a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord, he can't say. When you fear man, you're making a big mistake. Bible said, don't fear him who can kill the body, but can't kill the soul. God can kill body and soul. And this fear means... Reverence. Reverence God. Reverence him. That's the fear he's coming. Like you reverence your mom and your dad. Reverence the Lord. Live holy. When you ain't living holy, you're not reverence God. When you live all shabby and all like you want to, you are not reverence God. Uh-huh. When you disrespecting God in your body and sitting in your body, you is not reverence God. It's when you when you when you when we restrain yourself from the lust for pleasure, then you are reverencing God. Mark 4, 39, 40. he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Listen, see, the disciples' faith got weak, and fear got in. 
against them or doing things that's not appropriate, what do you say? Pray. Pray. Just pray. And God will fix you. I had an incident to occur like that many years ago. And, 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 and this person, I even had a dream that this person was uh, going to attack me. And I had a dream that they came to my house and attacked me and my wife. And that night, that night, wow, I, mean, I had that dream that night. And next night, they fell asleep in their home uh, on the influence of alcohol with a cigarette in their hand. And they burnt the house down and burnt themselves up. I'm, what I'm saying is God is your protector. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about people. Then I don't get involved because then, then, then God can't do his part. Uh, uh, let God fix it. God heard your prayer. Just know when you pray, God's going to say, tell God the situation, put it in the hand. That's why he said, all his ways acknowledge him, commit thy way unto the Lord. Let God fix it. You know, you don't tell the police and everybody else, don't you go get involved making matter words. You just pray. Don't go saying nothing back. Don't even hold no conversation. You know, just, just go on in the house or whatever you got to do and put it in and get in your bed and say, God, you fix it. Look like that old mother did a long time ago. She said, God, you fix it. That's what the mothers used to say when they couldn't say nothing. They said, God, you fix it. And how many, how many know that God will fix it? And I agree with you, Apostle. There are situations when you're on a job, and I have seen people, like you said, worried about getting fired and everything, and I said, well, apply for jobs and pray, and I have seen God open up doors for various people and supervisors, and they were so wary different things like that, and one person said, I'm going to get a gun and I'm going to go shoot him. I said, Lord Jesus, but like you said, you have to put it in God's hand and to pray about it. Another question I want to ask you is that I find that God fixes it, that he opened up doors. And how I know it's God is when I pray about it, I ask God to send a blessing or a miracle, and then it's provided. There are a lot of people who say to me, why do you doors are not meant for you? Why do you go through there? I said, well, if God make it possible, why would I not go through the door if I'm trusting God and believing God? He'll show me if it's not right for me. He'll close the door. What do you say about people who fear the, uh, you know, change or who fear the unknown of a change. They're not used to seeing things going a different direction. What advice would you give them? I would tell them to make a move, make a make an effort. Uh, do like the leopard men said at the gate. They said, we said we're going to die. If we go in the city, we're going to die. They said, if we go to the enemy camp, preventing he'll let us live. If he kills us, we're going to die. But if he let us live, we'll at least be alive. See, they took the initiative. They took what they had left. They didn't have nothing left. Even when you don't look like you ain't got nothing left, take encouraged. Make a move. Don't sit there in fear. Don't let fear make you not make a move. I, I, I used to work on a, at a cotton mill, and I had a dusty job. Dust all in my hair. I couldn't even wear no. I always take, my God, my clothes are full of cotton dust. Everything, every time I went home. But it had a phenomenal job there, like a clerical job. I beat it on it. They told me I won't want to get it. Come on, you need to quit beating on that job because so many people ahead of you. But I beat it anyway. So cutting a long story short. I ended up going to work and coming home. My wife didn't think I ain't went to work. I was so clean when I came home. So God blessed me. See, don't let fear make you not think that you can't get a position or you can't, you know, have what somebody else have. My dad used to say, there ain't a horse, ain't never been rode, and a man ain't never been thrown. And if one man can do it, another can do it too. So what others can have, you can have that too. So don't let your fear make you miss your blessing. Yes, because that's how I feel, that you shouldn't be afraid of change. Because if yeah. the door open or opportunity open, 
go through the door because that could be, that is God giving you a chance to make a choice, but then there's a change because it's always better on the other side. When God has something for you, it's always better in his peace in the midst of the storm. Would you mind praying for those to let go and let God, don't be afraid of change, and go through new doors and opportunities and trust God in it? So can you pray for them, Apostle? Yes, and remember that that that, that nothing, if, if you don't do nothing, it's better to do something and it don't work out than don't do nothing. And, you know, end up with it, nothing. At least one thing about doing something, chances are change will take place. Precious Father, I pray for those who are fearful, those that are afraid to make a change, or they don't, they're not satisfied with the job they have, or they're scared and afraid to go get another job because they, they're looking at, they already done figured out it's a deceit, figured out that they may not stay on it long, or they might be the first one to get fired because they're new. But, God, it's you trying to move them. It's you trying to elevate them. You say you give man power to get well, and you try to give them power to get well. You're trying to bring a change in their life, and they're afraid to make that move, Lord. Help them take their eyes off of fear. Take their eyes off of uh, the circumstance. Take their eyes off of uh, uh, procrastination about what it's going to be when they don't even know what it's going to be. But but make that step of faith, Lord, looking into the hill with coming to hell, knowing all the help coming from the Lord. Walk in that door that you open with them and show them that it is you that opened up that door, God, and not fear to go through that door, knowing that that door is going to take them to the next room. I thank you, I praise you, and I lift you up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you, Apostle, for coming on early tonight. Is there any words you'd like to say before we close out, any final thoughts or anything? Because I know you said to tell people don't be afraid to go through new doors and new beginnings. Is there anything else? Yes, don't be afraid. Remember, your blessing may be in, on the other side of that door. And sometimes it don't always look like God. See, I preached a message one time when it don't look like God. Sometimes it don't look like God, but it is God. And you won't know whether it is God until you make that move. So if you feel that God is pushing you, don't get nobody else's opinion. If God is telling you something to do, you don't need nobody approval. If God said it, that's approval enough right by itself. Amen. Thank you, Apostle. Remember, you can listen to Apostle Alexander Lockamy this week on Thursday. He'll be on the same radio station from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, that's 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. Apostle Alexander Lockamy, the man of wisdom and the burning bush. God bless you, sir. God bless. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.